I am the narrator, a discreet and self-effacing narrator. This book is not about me. I knew, though not in most cases at all well, a number of the dramatis personae, and I lived and live in the town where the events hereinafter recounted took place. For purposes of convenience, for instance, so that my characters may be able, very occasionally, to refer to me or address me, I shall call myself N. But as far as this drama is concerned, I am a shadow, Nemo, not the masked presence or secret voice of one of the main characters. I am an observer, a student of human nature, a moralist, a man, and will allow myself here and there the discreet luxury of moralizing. It will be necessary to talk a good deal about our town, and as I would prefer, for obvious reasons, not to use its real name, I shall call it after my own, Innstown, or, let us say, Enniston. Enniston is situated in the south of England, not exceedingly far from London. A fairly frequent train service increasingly takes commuters daily to their work in the metropolis and brings them home at evening to a green countryside. However, most of our people still work in and around Enniston. The old-fashioned Ennistonians would certainly resent the idea of being considered a dormitory town. The place has a strong identity, and, one may say, a strong social conscience. New housing estates have recently diluted our old community life, but strenuous efforts are made by responsible citizens it is characteristic of our town to have many of these, to draw the newcomers into our many worthwhile activities. There are church groups, women's groups, drama groups, debates, evening classes, a historical society, a fine art society, a writer's circle. There is a lively museum and a botanical garden. There is plenty of musical activity, including an operatic society, a silver band, and the Anniston Orchestra. We were, and to some extent still are, thus well able to amuse ourselves. I should also mention here a passion for playing bridge, though this is not now so common among the young people and the newcomers. This account may suggest that Enniston is a rather self-satisfied little place, and perhaps this is true. It was as if we pulled back our skirts from the sins and vices of London, which from here was seen as an exotic and dangerous playground. At one time even television was frowned upon, and some of the responsible citizens made a point of banning these corrupt machines from their homes. We have a strong and long-standing Puritan and non-conformist tradition, one result of which is that there are, even now, very few public houses in Anniston. An Austrian wine-bar, recently opened in the High Street, occasioned a long controversy in the Anniston Gazette, our worthy local paper edited at the time of this tale by Gavin Orr, an ambitious youth with his eye on Fleet Street. Enniston was, in a rural way, a manufacturing town, I am speaking of the nineteenth century, and the fine tweed mill, as big as a palace, still remains as an abandoned remnant of commercial glory. Several old Quaker families, the McCaffreys are one of these, founded the fortunes of Enniston at that time, and still, together with some Methodists, control various less prosperous commercial projects which now provide our main sources of employment. Many Ennistonians, I should add, work on the land, but big landowners have not figured in our recent history.